so this happens all the time. What is she talking about? The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. See, there's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is October 9th, 2020, episode 253, and today, Truth Derangement Syndrome. That's right, everybody. Thanks for being here, and you know me. I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gans. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast where we love Jesus. We definitely love you, all you lovely listeners out there. And, of course, we love ourselves, I guess. It's hard to do. Hard to love ourselves. And uh, also our enemies. So, wow. Yeah. Ran out the clock on the, <laughs> on the bed on that one. Well, yeah. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to, to uh, bust out my new app, but I don't, don't know. New Should apps. Let's hear it. Okay, let's try. Okay. So, new, new uh, voice app here. Let's do, uh, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. Welcome to Canary Cry Radio. There you Ooh, go. Yeah. Very nice. It's how all it's like the- a, It's <laughs> like an Insta jingle maker almost. Yeah, I know. It's, it's how all the kids are making the music now, just little apps. Yeah. Is that on your phone? It is. I, maybe I should get that. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. It's called Voloco. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome, Voloco. Oh, come on. They didn't pay for any uh, product placement. No, they didn't. I was just they messing around. If, they couldn't if they tried. So there you go. It's an official uh, recommendation. <laughs> Free of any uh, advertising, big data, evil corporation uh, enhancement. Yes. Well, what's new with you? Just the new app? A uh, new app, but also um, I... I'm going to set aside part of my brain tonight mm-hmm. and, and you'll understand why, uh, okay. the, the Los Angeles Lakers are going for uh, championship number 17. I'm just going to mm. try to ignore the giant black lives matter print on the court mm. and, and, and watch and try to enjoy the, uh, the, the game to see if the Lakers can bring home a championship. You know, I've been a lifelong Laker fan. And yeah. uh, things have gotten way too political recently, and it's really annoying. You know, like uh-huh. watching players like vote and education reform play uh, <laughs> play basketball on the Black Lives Matter court there. But I'll try to just you know give myself a lobotomy and and try to watch a little basketball. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll. I think it's just designed to automatically tune people out. Yeah, I think people you know, are. Pretty the messaging fed up with is it. just so heavy-handed. Yeah, it's like your brain can because you know the way your brain operates. You know, it tunes out any uh, specific details that aren't uh, like. Uh, I don't know, like the ubiquitous details, like you don't really notice the sky until you look at the sky. It's always big. It's always up there. Um, but your brain kind of tunes it out until you need to look at it. I feel right. like that's what uh, that's what's going on with a lot of that NBA uh uh, new activism going on. It's like so big and so in your face that it's your brain just kind of tunes it out until it doesn't have to. I just, you know, they, they allowed the players, if you didn't know, they allowed the players to have like the, 
these different sayings and stuff on the back of their jerseys instead mm-hmm. of their names or they have their names on the bottom of the number, but it's just ridiculous when you see like vote. Okay. Vote, whatever. But then education reform, that's the one that really bothers me, <laughs> but I, I saw a really funny one. Uh, there was one guy, there's a guy in the Lakers that wore how many more, you know, referencing like how many more, you know, black people get yeah. killed by cops or whatever. Right. And, uh, but he was, he was missing so many shots that there were some memes out there of, uh, how him holding a brick. Yeah. <laughs> holding a brick saying how many more so it kind of worked against him but you know what are you gonna do people are what having are fun with do? it and, uh, yeah and they have no choice it's that that's those decisions are coming from the top i know those, you know those players especially yeah. some of them probably volunteered and some of them uh, probably advocated for the all the extra stuff um but at some point they're just told what to do it's a job yeah. It's a job, just like any other job. Yeah, I, I grew up around like you know world class level athletes, and mm-hmm. well, at least in the sport of swimming. But you know, I was always sort of around some of those folks, and um, yeah, those. The, I'm not saying anything negative about them per se, but the, most of them are so focused on their sport that what they get in terms of what's happening in the world is very much in little cookie crumbs and it's fed to them basically, you know, spoon sure. fed to them. And so anytime yeah. they say anything, it's a lot of it is regurgitating the the propaganda and it's gotten yeah. really, really bad in the last like few Kyrie years. Irving and flat earth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was always a good the one. Fi- the filters broke down there. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting today. Gons numbers are extremely low and I'm poking around. I think uh, some, some notifications didn't go out. Oh yeah, because Twitch is on like every, every platform. Uh, numbers are extremely low, and I don't have an excuse for that. I have no idea why that would be. I was hoping- like unusually low. It's one thing to just have low numbers. It's yeah. another thing to just uh, yeah. Obviously, notifications didn't go out. So, oh well. If you're here, you made it. You made it to the show. A lot of people didn't make it. Um, speaking of the show, Gons, I think we should get into it. Let's do it. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? All right, folks, we're doing the Flippy update. If you don't know, if this is your first show, Flippy is the colloquial name for the uh, disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and they are flirting with our spouses. And we uh, like to track Flippy um, and other robots, uh, whether they're disembodied ro- uh, robot arms or full robots, whatever, as well as AI, we just have a short little conversation about what the next step of them taking over the world is. And guns, we got a double whammy today. Um, first, I'm going to go over here at vice.com. This is an older video, but it was making the rounds. Uh, some people tagged us in it recently. And the article is, where did that horrifying malfunctioning dental school robot come from? (laughs) And you can play the video there while we read through. A video of a dental training robot went viral on Twitter yesterday as malfunctioning mechanized silicone anatomy often is. Seeing it in action is frankly horrifying. 
It gnaws at the air and thrashes its neck, its eyes flitting in their sockets and eyelids twitching out of sync. It's like some artificial proto-consciousness is struggling its way out at last. It's probably how I look in the dentist's chair when they get that plaque drill out. Once the uncanny valley horror of seeing the thing in motion waned, I had questions. Most pressing of all, who did this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and those who are watching live, you can see it's a, you know, it's a, uh, a robot, a very sort of lifelike looking robot. Sort of. They did this a is great, like, this is probably the most lifelike ish robot. Yeah. That I mean, there's definitely there. uncanny Valley there. Yeah. But yeah, it's very well done humanoid, uh, Asian descent looking robot, uh, woman. And uh, in the video, she's sitting in a dentist's chair and she is thrashing for her life. Some sort of malfunction has happened and she is not happy about being at the dentist. I'm sure actually most dentists are sort of used to that kind of behavior. Uh, But this video is making the round. Let's see if there's anything else important in the article before we go on to round two of the Flippy Update. Daniel Holland, who tweeted the robot yesterday, told me in a Twitter message that he doesn't actually know where the source video came from because he found it on Reddit. When you search Google for the thing, it mostly brings you back to blogs about the tweet, uh, the oldest version I could find, and the first one I saw was sound was posted by... Uh, take Cabo yesterday. In that one, you can hear the students trying to ask it questions. At the end, after it pauses, it's tortured writhing. Someone says, "Are you okay?" And it responds, oh, "No." Gosh, very clear. Sorry, the video of the uh, the skin of the face is mm-hmm. quite terrifying. Uh, I'm showing the the other video from 2011, yeah. which, by yeah, the way, so the, yeah. The original research paper that came out was in 2011. Um, That's when this bot was first being uh, created. It says here, I found in a 2011 research paper where an early version of a dental training robot was described by researchers at the Showa University School of Dentistry in Tokyo, Japan. They named their robot Showa Hanako uh, in a video from 2011, blah, blah, blah. I was yeah. going to say no. that it, you mentioned it and my response was like, Hey, this is like old news. And, uh, yeah. you got really defensive. You're like, I've never seen it before. No, like- <laughs> that's not what I said. I get defensive because whenever I bring something that is even nominally old, even if it's two weeks, you go, Oh, it's old news. We can't <laughs> use it in the show. Oh, I can't believe you haven't heard of this before. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to do a podcast, man. Can, yeah, but can this we is just like, be kind. I know, but this is like, I, I remember this already made the rounds like seven, eight years ago. So, I, well, this I know came people... out before we were doing this show. So, well, anyways, okay. I got a whole right. thing here, Gonzo. Okay, okay. So, there you go. Watch out. This dental training robot uh, is coming for you, dentists. That is where the revolution will begin. Um, so, you know, dentists being their first target. But that brings me to my second article here from venture beat that says neosis raises 72 million dollars for its dental surgery robot dental robot startup neosis today closed a 70 million dollar round of funding the company plans to use the capital to bolster growth blah 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 um estimates suggest surgical robots have been used in over 6 million cardiovascular, neurological, orthopedic 
procedures, blah, blah, blah. But Neosis is forging ahead with Yomi, which the company claims is the first dental surgery robot to receive clearance from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The FDA's clearance process, also referred to as the 510K process, allows medical devices to be marketed if the manufacturer can show the device is, quote, substantially equivalent to another cleared device. In contrast to the FDA approval process, companies aren't required to submit extensive preclinical or clinical data to gain clearance. Uh, let's see, they got clearance. Yomi, which features a robotic arm. Hello, Flippy. That extends outward from a movable base. Hello, base. Has haptic guidance that allows dentists to pre-visualize a number of procedures. For example, surgery for flapless implants yikes surgeons remain in control and in contact with the instruments and, and patients throughout neosis says it can prevent drill deviation or over drilling past specific depths to avoid hitting anatomy like nerves and sinus cavities even if the patient moves yomi is designed to assist with procedural planning blah 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 so We've got uh, a new surgical robot, a, sur a dental surgical robot, and we've had dental training robots for quite a while. So now there's no reason for human beings to even bother. We can just put this uh, surgical robot in a room with the training robot and they can just do, do fill cavities all day long. No need for humans anymore, Gonzo. <laughs> we've completely been eliminated out of the equation. Yes. We've eliminated ourselves out of what about our <laughs> teeth? I know. Well, the robots don't care. They must execute their prime directive. Yeah. Drill teeth. Yeah. If we're talking about a conspiracy here, the robot patient uh, inspired the human to build the robot arm dentist because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the robot uh, patient was not happy with the, the learning humans poking at yeah. her her gums there so well what are you gonna do when all the humans are enslaved uh in vats of uh cryo jelly and cryo being jelly black goo yeah for being harvested for our energy to fuel the robot empire uh the, there's no more humans to go into the dentist office and what are they gonna do with all the dentist's office guns they're planning ahead that's all i have to say yeah the robots are gonna be harvesting human teeth now they're gonna become like uh, little tooth fairies. <laughs> That's terrifying. terrifying. You're scaring the children. I'm sorry. Now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, is that enough? Uh, that's it. That's okay. all of them. Yeah. That's just bringing up all kinds of old stuff for me. Yep. More nightmares for all. Yep. Wonderful. All right. Here's some uh, more quick updates on disturbing things. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. Of course, 33 is uh, the number the elites use to signal to one another. Illuminati dog whistle. Modot.org. Utility work to close Clinton County Route 33. Ooh. Whoa. Clinton County yeah, Route 33. Clinton County is, might be some... Some kind of messaging going on here with 
shutting it down for utility work. Oh, come on, Q, get on it. Yeah, let's go QAnon. So there's there's one thirty three update, and of course, uh, this is MassLive.com. One hundred thirty nine inmates. Oh. 33 employees positive for COVID after mandatory testing at Essex County Sheriff's Department. Uh-oh, defund the Sheriff's Department. Yeah, it's almost like they're, they're crying for help. Like, look, 33, guys. 33, don't <laughs> shut us down. <laughs> well, there's your 33 update. We, uh, we had a few people send us uh, this story here about 5G and VR. 5G. And this is geekwire.com. Joint base Lewis McCord will test 5G for augmented and virtual reality missions. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it's pretty intense here. It's a military thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Joint base Lewis McCord in Washington State is participating in a $600 million Pentagon program to test the use of 5G connectivity for high tech applications. JBLM's piece of the program will, f- will focus on 5G-enabled applications that make use of augmented reality and virtual reality for mission planning, training, and operations, the Department of Defense said today. Uh, the other sites involved is uh, include Hill Air Force Base in Utah, conveniently next to the Utah Data Center, mm. Marine Corps Logistics Base Albany in Georgia, Naval Base San Diego in California, and Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. Oh, wow. So there They're you all go. all over the place. Yeah, all over. And this is, a, I, I'm sure this is kind of a bigger deal because now you got these guys testing 5G and VR as part of their training. And there's a whole list of uh, industry partners participating in this. You got GBL Systems, AT&T. Of course. Osseus Network, Booz Allen Hamilton, and uh, focus on 5G include Naval Base San Diego, Marine Corps Logistics Base Albany, uh, Nellis Air Force. We already mentioned these, but yeah. So uh, there you go. What, are they, what exactly are they testing? With 5G, it must be some sort of remote equipment. Remote equipment and probably- Drones and stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, the 5G for fast connection and you know no lag. Um, it says here through these test sites, the department is leveraging its unique authorities to pursue bold innovation at a scale and scope unmatched anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah, they didn't really get into specifics. There is a video mm. that kind of shows a guy doing some, uh, you know, some, I don't know, some stuff on a computer, um, some missile, uh, targeting and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm sure it involves, um, y- you know. Uh, some, yeah, I'm know. sure it's robots. Yeah, robots. Drones. Yeah, robots, drones. Flight, flight drones, ground-based drones, missile guidance. Or even like that. weapons that yeah. uh, require precision and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, this is... Or that shoot 5G rays out to fry the brains of the enemies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do yeah. weapons. Or yeah. do's are weapons. But, yeah, this is like um, the first steps towards Ender's Game, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very Ender's Game ish because uh, eventually people won't realize if they're playing a game or if they're actually destroying an entire alien civilization. Maybe we are the drones. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Well, there's that. So very interesting. And um, yeah, always with technology like this, uh, before it goes main mainstream, it's uh, used by the military. They sort of legitimize the actual application of this kind of technology. So not surprising there. 
Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a quick Bitcoin. We have a couple money related updates here, but the first one is Bitcoin related. Bitcoin go to moon. Bitcoin go to moon. And uh, let's see. Ooh, where did my article go on that? Must have lost it. Hold on. Give me one moment as I uh, open the actual article here. It's a story from market.businessinsider.com. And uh, this is, uh, says, Twitter's Jack Dorsey reveals how and why Square invested $50 million into a, blo- into a block of nearly 5,000 Bitcoins. Wow. So uh, I think they said that it's about 1% of Square uh, who's behind the Cash app, if you have the Cash app on your phone. Yeah. And um, 1% of the companies, you know, basically reserve cash money is going into Bitcoin. And this is a trend. Basil, there's like there was another company a few weeks ago that went all in, uh, or at least not all in, but like at least a good percentage, maybe fifty percent in MicroStrategy uh, into Bitcoin as well. And um, yeah, a lot of big movers recently. Yeah, and and the CEO of MicroStrategy was talking about how there's like five trillion dollars on fire right now. And that's, you know, the money that's reserved in, in a lot of these companies in dollars. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the, there's going to be a, a point at which they're going to have to figure out how to preserve that money. And if that happens, we're going to see institutional uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And that, that could yeah. be crazy for Bitcoin. Totally. I mean, that's what we've been seeing. We've been seeing uh, a lot of uh, big financial comf- companies had fund had Hedge funds, hedge funds, hedge funds <laughs> banks, um, all these guys, uh, any pr- pretty much anybody who uh, sells financial products has been dunk- dumping billions of dollars into Bitcoin. And uh, the reason we bring it up is because institutional acceptance is one of the things that uh, people, including ourselves, have been keeping an eye out for when it comes to Bitcoin and uh, legitimizing cryptocurrency. Uh, for the normally for the the normies normal folk yeah and uh we're seeing it more and more yep yep it's uh it's the native money of the internet is really what bitcoin is and uh yeah they already have stuff set up for satellites and all kinds of stuff it's it's pretty wild and of course there are you know undertones of the mark of the beast when it comes to something like bitcoin and digital assets digital currencies in general um although again you know uh, Bitcoin itself doesn't require anything like a mark on your right hand or forehead to access the money. You know, it's just yeah. Every time we talk about cryptocurrency, we get people yelling "mark of the beast" at us. Yeah, I think that's there's a lot more uh, viable options than yeah Bitcoin for the mark of the beast. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, what the Facebook it's okay. coin? <laughs> we all sorts of things. Libra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, again, there's gotta be a lot of, uh, geopolitical things and other things to move around before we even get to that point, because we have stuff like this popping out. This is, uh, AP news. Pope Pope commits to clean finances amid scandal in backyard. Ooh. Yeah. It says here, Pope told European anti-money laundering experts Thursday that the Vatican was committed to clean finance mm, as he denounced. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> really? Really, Vatican? Uh, <laughs> as he denounced financial speculation amid a spiraling corruption investigation in the heart of the Holy See. 
It is rare for a head of state to meet with the Council of Europe's money vol teams who make periodic on-site visits to member states to evaluate their adherence to international standards to fight money laundering and terrorist financing. But amid the Vatican's own financial scandals, uh, which has exposed the Holy See's ineptitude in investing and managing donations from the faithful, Francis received the dozen members of the Moneyville team in a private audience in his library in the Apostolic Palace. And uh, this is the part that uh, makes me... a not mad. It just triggers me. It triggers me, Basil. Citing Jesus's efforts to cast out the quote merchants from the temple, Francis praised the evaluators' work and policies aimed at quote monitoring movements of money and of intervening in cases where irregular or even criminal activities are detected. And continued quote the measures that you are evaluating are meant to promote a clean finance in which mm. the merchants are prevented from speculating. In that sacred temple, which, in accordance with the creator's plan of love, is humanity, Francis said. So, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it, yeah. Pope. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous that the Pope is yeah, out there Trying, saying, oh. Yeah, talking about clean finances. Clean finance. Okay, Pope. And whatever. You, okay. We've got some uh, World War II era treasures you must be returning. Oh, the, the Vatican has like. Yeah, they're underground vaults. I mean, imagine how much stuff they actually have that's not just finance, but all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Documents, art. art. Yeah. I mean, they're they're sitting on yeah, this is yeah, they're they're like a part of the heart of the corruption in terms of like central banking and all of that is right. Vatican led. So I don't know. This is all just PR spin, if I'm being honest. Okay. That's our boy. <laughs> Atta boy, Francis. All right, our next quick update here. Race Wars. The Race Wars. Race Woo! Wars. Race War. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. This is a horrible idea. That's my headline. The actual okay. headline, blogs.yelp.com. New consumer alert to help. I'm sorry. New consumer alert on Yelp takes firm stance against racism. This is a horrible idea, Basil. Let me, let me uh, read for you what they're going to do here. How yeah, Yelp need, manages need more info. Yeah. Help. <laughs> How Yelp manages media fueled reviews. The new, uh, the new business accused of racist behavior alert is an extension of our public attention alert that we introduced in response to a rise in social activism surrounding the black lives matter movement. Oh no. If someone associated with the business is accused of, or the target of racist behavior, we will place a public attention alert on the business page oh, to warn geez. consumers that the business used of yeah, I know, to warn consumers that the business may be receiving an influx of reviews as a result of increased attention for, for businesses accused of overtly yep. racist actions where we can link to a news article. Oh no. We will escalate our warning with the business accused of racist behavior alert. Guns. Yeah. This is horrible. And let me, uh, obviously, it's, uh, this can be weaponized and online uh, review type things have been weaponized in the past to totally destroy people's businesses without 
proper evidence or even, you know, like you like I said, alleged right. if they're they're accused at all. But uh, fun fact about Yelp, their entire business model is based around companies uh, or businesses paying them to remove negative uh, reviews. Uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So f- this is a business move by Yelp, not in the interest of social justice or anything they're just doing this so all the you know social justice warriors can complain about click a button and accuse you know businesses probably many of them christian of being racist or whatever homophobic and those businesses will get the little mark that says this is a racist business but then Yelp is is giddy over this because then they send a little message to that business and say, hey, for $3,000, we will get rid of the racist mark on your business and uh, yada, yada, yada. It's all part of the business model of Yelp. Yeah. Yelp has, uh, I actually knew a couple, well, I knew one person who worked at Yelp proper and yeah, they were just telling me, oh, so the whole thing is a scam. It's supposed to be like this fun thing where you leave reviews, but really they encourage leaving negative reviews because then uh, their whole business model is charging businesses to get rid of negative reviews. And the same thing is going to be, it's the same thing for this racist button that you'll have. (laughs) Right. Uh, It says so far in 2020, we've seen a 133% increase in the number of media field incidences. (laughs) But here's the thing. Um, we can we can take it down. We can you can warn your buddy there. Be beware, because what if everybody just starts labeling Yelp a racist organization? <sighs> well, what would they do then? Genius, they, they can't genius. Pay, they guns. can't pay themselves. Oh off, my can gosh! They? <laughs> yeah, Yelp Yelp is pretty much uh, they figured out how to professionally extort businesses. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, not just a bad. Well, I guess it's a good idea then. In the yeah, context well, it's a good of, idea for them. Yeah, good it's idea all for business. Them. Leveraging yeah. the social media. But of, and of course, yeah, taking the stance that it's for social justice. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. They're just all trying right. not to Very get canceled. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple more quick updates here. This well, one. Sorry. Yeah, I heard that last little comment you meant about or that you said about getting canceled. And that's what it is. It's fear. Yeah. You strike yeah. the fear into these businesses and extort them. They'll pay any price to not get canceled. Yep. 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 Uh, let's see here. What's, what's next here? Oh, propaganda. State sponsored propaganda machinery. Woo. Got a few of these, but this one, this one I loved here. Dailybeast.com. Steve Schmidt says fly landing on Pence's head may mean he's conspiring with Satan. <laughs> what? Yeah. Come on, man. Don't you know about flies and their role in the Bible? <laughs> Is it because uh, his hair smelled like sulfur? Probably. Um, I'm not going to read the article here, but basically this guy, uh, well, there's a tweet here by Justin Barragona who, uh, that says, Steve Schmidt says, the fly landing on Pence is a, quote, sign historically of sin and the, quote, mark of the devil, prompting Ari Mebler to ask if he's joking. And Schmidt responded, quote, it landed on Mike Pence and it says something karmic about the status of the campaign as it implodes. Of course they care about uh, biblical 
signs yeah. when it's uh, <laughs> yeah. is on their side. Well, that's what I was. That, my that was my first reaction. I saw this trending and everyone, you know, making fun of uh, uh, Pence there and the fly landing on his head. First off, do we not for do we did we already forget the fly that landed on Obama's face? Yeah, or or, right. the, or the fly that landed like on, on Hillary's his nose or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the fly that landed on Hillary's face. And, uh, you know, I, I saw people responding to that, too. And people were like, well, at least Obama tried to kill the fly or, ki- or did kill the fly. And it was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, but it was on his face. You know, the thing was on Pence's ha- hair. Yeah, just because he kills it doesn't make it. Well, how does that help? What I, do you mean I don't at least know. he kills the I, fly? I don't know. I'm not sure. But, you know, if, it, if, it's, if we're going to go with the conspiring with Satan narrative with the fly yeah. landing on Pence, then uh, mm. let's extend it to the to the Obamas and the Hillary's. There, there. we go. <laughs> and uh, one more quick update. This is a, also sort of a cancel culture type of thing. I thought it was funny. It, it fits with uh, the narrative here, uh, but it had to do with more canceling of Q. Q the miserable, Q the desperate. What must I do to convince you people? You're right, Q. Forbes.com, Etsy. Latest to crack down on QAnon conspiracy theory. Ooh, Etsy. Etsy getting bold. Oh my gosh. For those <laughs> who don't know, Etsy is a website where, you know, people can sell their arts and crafts. And once again, they, uh, they just keep repeating the same summary of what's going on here. Uh, it says e-commerce platform Etsy will remove and ban any items affiliated with the right wing QAnon conspiracy Business Insider was first to report Wednesday as the theory claiming there is a, quote, deep state plot against President Trump and his supporters by a global cabal of sex traffickers looking to create a new world order has grown in popularity across social media platforms. It's like they got uh, just like an outline and then just uh, <laughs> like just plug in the company. And, yeah, uh, well, it, it really has. I mean, that's become the the teleprompter uh read for q it's always q an online far-right conspiracy theory that a satanic cabal is working against trump and traffics children that's it's like uh it's exactly the same over and over whenever it's mentioned that's the exact phrase that comes after it it's it's out on ap man there's a couple things to to point out though number one does (laughs) this Sorry, Ep- Epony Blaze says, and I had all those Q quilts to sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Q bobbleheads. Yeah. Yeah, I know. My, my Q uh, cross stitch. Well, what was am my... I going to do with all this Q cross stitch? <laughs> that was my first point is like, how big are Q products on Etsy? <laughs> number one, is there like a problem? Is there like an influx uh, the, of Q items on, on Etsy that they probably have their own category at this point. <laughs> and the other thing is anytime they point out that, you know, there could be a global cabal of sex traffickers looking to create a new world order. Yeah. Are they, you know, if they're, if they're taking this down because what they're saying, it's nonsense or whatever, whatever, but it almost makes it seem like they're for the global cabal of sex traffickers. Yes. You're, you're, you're correct. You make a good point. You have mentioned it before. Yeah. So just something to point out to your friends and family who are, you know, because here's the deal and we have to mention it every time because there's inevitably someone that's going to, you know, jump on our back for this, but we're not Q Anon supporters. You know, we're not like Q, uh, what do they call them? Q-tards? I guess that's what people call <laughs> no, negative. what? <laughs> we're not you for Q. You can't say Q. that, Gons. I can't? 
I don't know. Oh, whatever. You can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want because I have, we have no advertisers, Basil. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, um, uh, the point here is the, uh, the idea of just, you know, free speech and your ability to just share what you want and sell what you want on platforms across the internet and to shut down, you know, something or just any, uh, an affiliation with it. I, I wonder if there's people that, you know, a guy named Quinn that sells like quilts by Quinn is going to shut down because he has Q on his quilts or something, you know? Yeah, that's just unfortunate branding. Well, you know, the funny thing here is that you can still sell Q if you wanted to. You could still sell Q stuff. You know, Squarespace, you can make a website and they have e-commerce built right in. Shutting down Q stuff on Etsy is not going to stop anything (laughs) it's not going to stop any q merchandise from making it out the only difference is now etsy won't be making any money off of it they won't get their cut they're shooting themselves in the foot here well once again they're probably bowing down to certain investors or something of etsy or whatever it is uh Mm -hmm. people higher up they're like we can't we can't be part of the problem yeah of course make money off of the yeah, it's the all these millennials. Theory. You, you know, millennials are bec- are coming of age now to, uh, to the degree that they are, you know, in uh, they've made it to higher positions in these companies. Yeah, and look at so us. So you're we're, really... We're turning into the, a giant corporate socialist system. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right, those are all the updates. You had a All you had the a quick updates. Up- that was a lot of updates, but it those are good. Yeah. You had a quick yeah. update of uh, something you wanted to talk about here? Yeah, yeah. This is maybe like in between a story and an update. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the 25th Amendment for a second. I don't have let's, a jingle for the 25th yeah. Amendment, which well, uh, I suppose maybe, I can uh, just... Uh, well, let's just call it this. A pandemic special. <laughs> yeah, okay. That fits. Or Trump, maybe a super duper or something. Trump super Anyways. duper. I call it the super duper missile. Incredible. Ah, just because I like it. All right. This is from rollcall.com. However, this article is uh, all over the place. And it says here, why is Pel- uh, why is Pelosi suddenly talking about the 25th Amendment? And we've been mentioning the 25th Amendment pretty much all year because uh, they've been trying to pull the 25th Amendment out on uh, on Trump for years you know, they tried it even before impeachment and it didn't work. So they went for the impeachment, which we'll get to later. But the article reads, why would Speaker Nancy Pelosi unveil legislation less than one month before Election Day to establish a commission under the 25th Amendment to determine the president's fitness for holding office? That's the question many in Washington are asking Friday after Pelosi held a news conference with Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin, a constitutional scholar and a member of the House of Democratic Leadership team. To back his bill, setting up a commission on presidential capacity to discharge the powers and duties of the office. Democrats say they are simply setting up a process authorized by the Constitution that should have been codified long ago, but is especially needed now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Republicans think Pelosi is continuing the effort she started with impeachment to try to oust President Donald Trump. And others suggest Pelosi is signaling that Trump, who tested 
tested positive for COVID-19 last week is unfit to hold office. The 25th Amendment of the Constitution provides authority for the vice president to take over for the president if the commander-in-chief is, quote, unable to discharge the powers of duty, powers and duties of his office. Most people are familiar with the part of the 25th Amendment that allows the vice president and a majority of the presidential cabinet to determine if the president is unfit to serve, but it also delegates much authority, uh, such authority to, quote, such other body as Congress may by law provide. Wow, that good old constitutional <laughs> language. Such other body as Congress may by law provide. Raskin's legislation, an updated version of a bill he first introduced in 2017, would establish a uh, establish such a body, a 17-member commission composed of four physicians, four psychiatrists, and eight former high-ranking executive branch officers appointed by congressional leadership from both parties. The final member would be selected by the other 16 to serve as chair of the commission. The commission, if called upon through House and Senate approval of the concurrent resolution, would, quote, carry out a medical examination of the president to determine whether the president is mentally or physically unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. According to the bill text, the president, uh, the president could refuse the examination, but the commission would be authorized to factor that into their decision. If the commission determines the president is unfit to perform his executive duties, the vice president would take over. A variety of theories have floated as to why Pelosi would push this bill at this time, but let's start with the California Democrats' own answer. Quote, What? All right, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Quote, Congress has a constitutional duty to lay out the process by which a president's incapacity as the president of any party is determined. Uh, real quick, Gons, will you Google and pull up any information if the 25th Amendment has ever actually been acted upon? Thanks. Uh, Pelosi said, a president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts, she added. This legislation applies to further presidents, but we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health, by the heath of current of the current president. I wonder if that's supposed to be health. A little typo alert there. Pelosi's claim that Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis reminded her of the need for such a commission is supported by her lack of interest in Raskin's bill, which he first introduced in May 2017, until now. Raskin said he wishes Congress had set up a body 50 years ago, but acknowledged the pandemic is, quote, what demands action, end quote, on it now. Quote continues, in the age of COVID-19, which has killed more than 210,000 Americans and now ravages the White House staff, the wisdom of the 25th Amendment is clear, he said. What happens if a president, any president, ends up in a coma or on a ventilator and has made no provisions for the temporary transfer of power? You know, I always just assumed that it was automatically going to go to the vice president if the president goes into a coma, but... They're acting like that is not the case. 
Republicans who've been on the attack since Pelosi teased the bill announcement at their we- at her weekly presser on Thursday think the speaker is just continuing down a path of trying to overturn the results of the 2016 election. Quote, she's now trying to overturn the results of next month's election, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise said on Friday on Fox News before Pelosi's news conference. Quote, she's wanted to remove President Trump from office because she doesn't agree with the people's choice from the last election. Pelosi insists that's not the case. Quote, this is not about President Trump. He will face the judgment of the voters, she said, but he shows the need for us to create a process. The House is not scheduled to be in session until after Election Day, so Democrats clearly aren't trying to push this bill before then. As to Scalise's uh, claim that the measure is about overturning the results if Trump wins re-election, there's no way to prove whether that's part of the calculus or not. Well, Pelosi has said consistently for months that she is confident former Vice President Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee, will best Trump. Um, There's one last little part just for fun here. Trump's theory. Trump has his own theory on the 25th Amendment bill that has nothing to do with him. He thinks the speaker is trying to set up a process for replacing Biden with his running mate, California Senator Kamala Harris. That's actually not a bad theory. Trump and some Republicans have consistently questioned Biden's mental faculties. Quote, there are significant questions that have been raised about Joe Biden's potential mental decline, his acuity, essentially how up is he for the task of being president? Senator Ted Cruz said Friday on MSNBC in the context of talking about why a virtual debate would provide an unfair advantage to Biden over a live one. The host then asked the Texas Republican if similar questions had not also been raised about Trump, like Pelosi questioning aloud in recent. <coughs> Ooh, sorry, show burps. Oh, boy. The host then asked the Texas Republican if similar questions had not also been raised about Trump, like Pelosi questioning aloud in recent days ahead of her 25th Amendment bill announcement whether the steroids Trump had been taking for COVID-19 treatment have affected his judgment. Quote, Speaker Pelosi opposes the president has tried to get him out of the office from the beginning, Cruz said, calling the 25th Amendment bill announcement a political stunt and saying he doesn't have questions about Trump's mental faculties like he does of Biden's, which is big for for Cruz to be saying that because Ted Cruz and Trump have not traditionally been friends. So for Cruz to come out and defend... uh, the orange man is a pretty big deal. If Biden wins and the and Democrats move forward with the bill, it could put Republicans who have questioned Biden's mental fitness in a difficult spot. Quote, if the president wins re-election, yes, it will apply to him. If he doesn't, it will apply to the ne- next president of the United States, Pelosi said. Hmm. And there's more, but there you go. Basically, uh, uh, they're trying. Uh, it's interesting to hear. What were you able to find anything yeah. on any uses of the Twenty Fifth Amendment? Yeah. So it's a little bit complicated. Uh, I found an article titled um, "Has the Twenty Fifth Amendment Ever Been Used?" Well, yes and no. Oh, great. Yeah. So it says here that in 1985, President Ronald Reagan directed the Vice President George H. W. Bush to take over his presidential duties. While he underwent emergency colon surgery, the 25th Amendment was enacted uh, from just before 11.30 a.m. when Reagan went under anesthesia to 7.22 p.m. Mm. that same day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, yeah. uh, no, I knew they were, had been doing this. And then in the early aughts, President George W. Bush invoked the 25th Amendment twice during his two terms. The first time was in 2002 for a routine medical procedure. The second was in 2007, once again for a medical procedure. For the latter, Vice President Dick Cheney was handed over presidential duties for two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, and prior to the passing wow, of the 25th, what an exciting couple of hours <laughs> yeah. for the vice president. You know, that's like one of those, uh, uh, you know, like uh, trivia questions, you know? Yeah. No, that is. A, yeah. How no. long? S- somebody listening now, you need to pay attention because you will win $10,000 on Wheel <laughs> yeah. of Fortune. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune. More like this is more of a Jeopardy question. I meant Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Uh, but, and then it says that it's been more unofficially invoked prior to the passing of the 25th amendment, uh, Woodrow Wilson suffering a stroke in 1919. And there's a couple more examples here, but yeah, so this happens all the time. What is she talking about? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say all the time, but yeah, it's been used for these things. And yeah, I, I can understand, uh, Pelosi trying to leverage the history of this, but you know, with both cases, or the, at least the times they have been invoked, it's just during like you know a surgery, medical, some somewhere right. they're expected to come back. But so, the point being, and they said it in this article, is that as it stands now, the vice president and uh, I think it was a major, uh, if the vice president and a majority of the cabinet all get together, right, they activate the twenty fifth amendment. That's how it works. That's how it's written. Yeah, she she can't well, just. Why is she trying to? She's <laughs> actually trying to change it. Like, or I guess it's not actually her. It's this other guy. Right. Um. Well, she's just pushing for it. But yeah, that, Raskin. Yeah. Well, we all know why she's trying to do it. That's part of the political theater here of trying to to get Trump man out of out of office. Well, yeah. I think both make sense. Both trying to get Trump out if he is reelected. And also, it's a good reason for Kamala to take over for Biden. It is. You're right. And, you know, it almost seems like maybe uh, as far as like the real, I guess, I, you know, I say real in air quotes, but mm-hmm. uh, the actual counting of the numbers of votes and everything happening so far doesn't maybe look good for Trump to, you know, leave well, of office. course, all the early voters are Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Because so, they're the ones who don't want to show up to a polling place. Right. So all the mail-in ballots are all Democrat ballots. Right, right, right. So, eh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure, Nancy, why don't you uh, get on that stimulus? Help out the American <laughs> yeah, people know, by right? <laughs> printing a few more trillion dollars. No, yeah. You That's know, not going to happen until after the election. I was actually doing some math, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, uh, they, I think they said, I've I've seen different numbers. I've seen we've printed six trillion. I've seen we've printed nine trillion in one year. And if you do the math, it's about if you just divide it uh, up with three hundred thirty million Americans. Let's say I think it was like seven billion or uh, seven trillion. Maybe mm-hmm. it was nine trillion. I don't remember the exact number now. But basically, it's like a million bucks per person. Oh no, it's not that much. It's it's oh, over okay. twenty thousand dollars per person, and that includes like babies and everybody. So yeah, right. that's a lot of money if you're printing that much. And of course, we're only seeing it. Uh, what the people have seen? What twelve hundred dollars? Yeah. With one well, there is the the um, you know, we all did get the twelve hundred. Well, some people didn't, but yeah. 
the 1200 but also um unemployment, unemployment yeah, is increased yeah. and a lot of that i get it i understand check protection i get it but if we're gonna if we're gonna really go down that socialist path you know let's let's really cut the the grass evenly you know UBI baby, let's, let's, not too long, not too far away. Let's let's print nine trillion and give each American twenty thousand dollars. That's how inflation <laughs> yeah. happens, folks. That's how the that's, dollar becomes yeah. completely devalued. Yeah, you know, that's Yay, why we all have twenty thousand more dollars, but gas now costs two hundred dollars a gallon. So better get yourself a bitcoin. Yep, yep, yep. All right, all right. Let's see. I'm good to move on. You're gonna move on. Are you gonna do this one? You want me to do this one? You you do this one. I do this one. Speaking of the beast system. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people zoo. This was published on thefederalist.com. So, yes, it's leaning in a a particular direction here. Uh, But kind of a big deal. Breaking, or at least breaking when it was published on the 6th. DNI declassifies handwritten notes from John Brennan 2016 CIA referral on Clinton campaign's collusion operation. This was huge, and I couldn't, I didn't see any mainstream reporting this. And it's possibly the biggest story in all four years. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal, but it, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Top US. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real quick. That yeah. picture at the top, uh-huh. the, the painting of Teddy Roosevelt behind uh-huh. them. Riding a horse. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> it's so majestic. I must, I must put together a crack team of uh, National Treasure style. I'll be Nick Cage. I need some more team members. We must steal this Teddy Roosevelt painting from the White House. It's got the gold trim frame and everything. Oh, that's, that's how you know it's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> I'm glad you interrupted My very important comment <laughs> yeah. before we talk about the most explosive story in four years. Top U.S. intelligence officials were so concerned heading into the 2016 election that the Russians were aware of and potentially manipulating Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's plan to smear Donald Trump as a Russian agent that they personally briefed President Barack Obama on the matter newly declassified Central Intelligence Agency documents show. CIA officials also requested that the FBI investigate Russian knowledge of Clinton campaign's collusion smear operations. New, newly declassified handwritten notes from former CIA director John Brennan shows that the U.S. intelligence community knew in 2016 that Russian intelligence was actively monitoring and potentially injecting disinformation into Clinton's anti-Trump collusion narrative. (laughs) (laughs) The intelligence concerning Russia's knowledge of Clinton's campaign plans was so concerning to Brennan and other national security officials that they personally informed Obama of the matter in the Oval Office in the summer of 2016. The handwritten notes from Brennan were declassified by Director of National Intelligence, DNI, John Ratcliffe, and provided to Congress on Tuesday afternoon. According to the declassified notes, Brennan and the U.S. intelligence community knew months prior to the 2016 election that the collusion smear was the result of a campaign operation hatched by the campaign of Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Quote, we're getting additional insight into Russian activities from redacted Brennan's handwritten note states, quote, site alleged approved by Hillary Clinton on 26 July of a proposal 
from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian security services. Wow. End quote. The notes that was of, a quote. Yeah, that was a quote. That's it's from the head of CIA, a handwritten <laughs> note talking about how the Russian collusion story was created by the Hillary Clinton campaign. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, wow. that's pretty straightforward there. I don't know how you get around this one, but yeah, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. somehow Hillary's so mad right now. She is. Oh my gosh. She's so mad. She's, she's calling, going on the dark web right now. Hiring, <laughs> yeah, hiring some out. goons. Yeah. Bro, watch out Brennan. I know. <laughs> no, don't go in any hot tubs. Or, or not Small just Brennan. Aircraft. Uh, John Ratcliffe of the DNI. Yes. He's the one that, that uh, provided the declassification here. Yeah. And keep in mind here, by the way, uh, Brennan hates Trump. I know. Bre- Brennan is not a Trump fan. He wrote an entire book <laughs> about how horrible Trump is. And uh, so, so, so Brennan didn't release this then. This was. Uh, it was the DNI. The DNI guy. Yeah. Wow. But okay. yeah, Brennan, Brennan's. Of course. I mean, he's he's in trouble too, probably from the the you know the Hillary occult occult Clinton. I tried to make yeah. a thing out of it, but I couldn't. But yeah, uh, for writing handwritten notes and having it you know leaving a paper trail. Right. Um, okay. The notes appear to have been prepared by Brennan to memorialize a meeting held at the White House with the president. And he his did top brag. Security Sorry officers. to interrupt again, but he has <laughs> bragged, and this was the whole thing with his book. Why? Yeah. He was trying to convince people that it was so correct or so accurate was because Brennan notoriously takes notes on every meeting he goes to. Yeah. That was like his thing. (laughs) And if you don't want to believe this note, then you can't believe any of the notes that he's, you know, made that eventually created his anti-Trump book. Yeah. Which he shot himself in the foot there by even publishing that thing. Yeah. Included in Brennan's Brennan's notes are the responses of other participants in the briefing, including those of former white house national security advisor, Susan Rice busted former (laughs) white house chief of staff, Dennis McDonough, McDonough and former DNI James Clapper. Oh, claps. Oh, clapper. Uh, But those responses are redacted. At one point, Obama asked whether there was any evidence of collaboration between the Trump campaign and Russia, but any response that may have been recorded in Brennan's notes is redacted. (laughs) And it's got these, uh, we're going, uh, I can't read his handwriting. He's, he's too classical yeah, in his it's handwriting. It's very hard to read, yeah. And, and also the- Well, the, which is, which is a, actually a good, um, in, in case anybody was maybe thinking that these notes were forged, you know, if you're going to forge notes, you would make them readable. These are scribbles, like he was writing them down writing very fast. quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, moreover, the CIA and other intelligence agencies also suspected early on that many of the key claims underpinning the collusion narrative could themselves be the product of deliberate Russian inf- disinformation. Yeah, I think last week, Ratcliffe released a classified memo based in part on Brennan's notes, noting that Russian intelligence was well uh, was aware of the Clinton campaign's plan. Increasing the likelihood that it would be tainted by Russian disinformation. 
Now, keep in mind, this article we are reading is from the Federalist. It is, it is, yes. It's a right-leaning outlet. Yeah, so it's going to be worded in a certain way. Yeah, so they've got their own flair, but still, the (laughs) evidence is there. (laughs) I like that. They're like, hey, what kind of Russian collusion information can we find between Russia and Trump? And the Russians are like, we'll give you the information. (laughs) Yes, would you like some information? (laughs) While the Clinton campaign hired Christopher Steele, a foreign agent in the pocket of a sanctioned Russian oligarch, to concoct a dossier of alleged uh, allegations against Trump, the primary source of the most salacious and damning allegations of treasonous collusion came from a suspected Russian spy named Igor Denchenko. Last month, Attorney General William Barr informed Congress that the federal or that the FBI was so concerned about Denchenko, who had been dubbed the quote primary subsource used by Clinton campaign subcontractor subcontractor Christopher Steele in his thoroughly debunked Steele dossier, that it had previously deemed him a national security threat and investigated him in determine uh, to determine if he was a Russian spy. The bureau called off the investigation once Dechenko left the United States and was no longer within the purview of the FBI's domestic counterintelligence mission. Although Democratic lawmakers have claimed without evidence that the latest declassifications are themselves the product of Russian disinformation, multiple senior intelligence officials told the Federalists that the CIA remains convinced that Russian intelligence sincerely believed as early as summer of 2016 that the Clinton campaign launched its anti-Trump collusion smear operation to distract from Clinton's email scandal. In mm-hmm. October 2017, the top lawyer of, for the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee finally confessed publicly that he had personally hired the Democrat opposition research firm Fusion GPS, which said Steele, uh, which paid Steele to peddle allegations that Trump was a secret Russian agent working on behalf of Vladimir Putin. Rack- <laughs> What a mess. Ratcliffe also declassified on Tuesday portions of a former or formal CIA investigative referral sent on September 7th, 2016 to fired former FBI director James Comey and fired former counterintelligence official Peter Stork, asking them to investigate the campaign or Clinton campaign's anti-Trump collusion smear operation in light of Russia's knowledge of the plan and the likelihood it could be tainted by deliberate Russian disinformation. Rather than act on the CIA investigative referral in the same manner they had launched a full-blown counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign, Stork and Comey refused to initiate an investigation. And of course, Comey went on to write books and, you know, they all write books. Yeah, so they're basically saying that they've known that it was fake the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to say... With a lot of these types of things, mm-hmm. you know, we we are, you know, neck deep in all of these types of things all the time. And there is always a little bit, a little, you got to reserve a little piece of your brain to, to you know, consider that, you know, it, it could be real. You never know. You never know if the evidence that you're looking at, you know, for instance, all the evidence that. Uh, Hillary had made up the Russian scandal. Mm. Uh, you know, there's always a little piece of your brain. You have to be like, well, it could be disinfo um, that, you know, maybe he did uh, collude with the Russians. Who knows? Maybe he did. You got to, you got to, and that's just part of being a good, uh, you know, 
paying attention I was going to say researcher, but I don't want to give us any uh, accolades we don't deserve. No. I, <laughs> but, you know, I, I just will... whatever. Conspiracy theorist, fringy person, you must reserve a part of your brain uh, to think like, okay, I could be wrong. Yeah. But this just totally erased that little piece of my brain thinking that the Russian scandal could be true. And it's uh, we were right all along. Well, there were so many independent researchers that were actually saying this exact thing for, I mean, ever since 2016, you know, and they were using yeah. publicly available documents, a lot of them um that were either published officially from the government or you know I mean, leaked documents usually i mean people ran with a lot of leaked documents but it's hard to like really nail it down and convince people um i i followed early on i followed tracy beans i don't know if you ever heard of tracy beans mm-hmm. but she was doing a really yeah. good job of summarizing a lot of what was going on here I think she got pulled into some disinfo at some point as yeah. well, but uh, that's kind of the, the danger of doing that kind of reporting. Um, but let me uh, continue on here. Quote per real, F- real quick. I yeah. do. No, 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 actually. Well, I'll just say it now. Okay. You know, one big clue that I noticed uh, during the, not just the vice presidential debates, but the actual presidential debates, mm-hmm. not a single reference from mm. the Democrat side of That's Russian right. collusion. Yeah. Th- they brought up everything. They went back to the, you know, he's never condemned white nationalists. He's oh, never gosh. this and that. They named everything, but not one time did Biden or <laughs> Kamala mention Russians, the Russian scandal. <laughs> and they knew, they knew this was coming. It would not hold water anymore. They cannot rely on that fake crutch that they've been pushing for three years. Yeah, it's almost. it's a really bad place. I feel bad for like if you're if you're like an objective, uh, you know, just a person trying to serve their community and government PR person for the Democrats. That's mm-hmm. a tough place to be in. Do you run with the Russian narrative that's thoroughly been debunked, <laughs> or do you run with the Trump's uh, white supremacist narrative that people can see and be debunked by watching <laughs> thirty more seconds of a video it's, that we all clipped? I could as mainstream stand media. It. I did do a tweet. I did a tweet. I'm sure you saw it. I did. Uh, I saw it. Yeah. I think it was after one of the debates. There's just simply, well, it's pretty sad when the Democrat campaign is demolished by just Googling <laughs> Trump denounces white supremacist compilation. And there's yeah. these like 10 minutes compilations, not just of him doing the like proud boys stand back and stand down, you know, not wishy washy ones. Yeah. He's specifically like, KKK, evil, bad, right. denounced. <laughs> yeah. Neo Nazis, evil, bad, denounced. Racism, evil, bad, denounced. And it's like, how could you possibly keep this talking point when one Google search will just destroy it? You know, but, it almost you know, seems that's like the world we live in. Yeah, it almost seems like with with the absurdity, the circus that we live in here, it's almost as if it's like a a you know layer upon layer conspiracy where it's like Trump actually is doing some kind of uh you know shady business which we've covered i'm sure he is he is for sure in one way or another but in order to not get into the weeds there keep everyone distracted with fake news and you know fake fakeness of like easily debunkable fake news too so that everyone's busy debunking the obviously easily debunkable fake news rather than like really digging into real conspiracies. So that's a great point. You make a great point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They don't even care if people believe it or not, you know, just distraction. 
They don't. Here's a tip, real quick life tip for everybody who has normies in their life, mm. you know, anti-Trump or, or pro-Biden normies. Um, just Google Trump denounces white supremacy compilation. Uh, you'll find tons of videos. Pick a good one. One that has like is pretty long and really beats home the point. And just save it to your phone. Make it an icon on your home <laughs> on your home screen because you're going to get into conversations and you just want it quick. You just want to be able to whip out your phone, click the icon and play the video because it totally destroys any one of those, you know, normies saying that he's never uh, denounced white supremacy. There's right. my tip. Life tip. Okay. Um, there's a few more, there's a little bit longer of the, you know, rest of the article here. We don't have to really go through it. I don't think we should, especially since we have, um, way more stories and we're running out of time. Time is always moving. Yeah. Uh, Do you have your heart out for sure today? Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. I think we should, um, move the big story down below the break. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. You think? Yeah. Yeah, Just just to get on with the show maybe. Yeah, we can. Yeah. I'll, let me just summarize. Uh, I'll just read one more paragraph here to sort of summarize okay. some of this. All right. The CIA referral declassified and released by Ratcliffe shows that it was personally addressed to both Comey and Stork because the CIA does not have legal authority to police domestic matters. It informed the FBI of the agency's concern about potential Russian knowledge of Clinton's campaign's plan to smear Trump as a Russian asset, especially given the FBI's ongoing counterintelligence investigation of the Trump campaign. Not only did the FBI refuse to investigate whether the Russians were using the Clinton campaign to interfere in the 2016 national election, but Comey also claimed last week, last week that he knew nothing whatsoever about the CIA investigative referral. And uh, I actually didn't watch it, but did you, I, I know that there was a, a Comey interview where he was sort of, or maybe not an interview. I think he was briefed on certain things or whatever. And he was out publicly and, you know, like half his questions were like, I, I don't remember. Yeah. I do not recall. I he don't just recall. refused to answer any questions. Yeah. But there was, I think he put himself in a bind too. Cause there was a timeline. I don't remember exactly what it was now, but, uh, I think if you listen to a couple episodes ago on no agenda, they clipped it. The part where at the very end of the episode, they clipped, uh, Comey basically contradicting himself right there you're just mm. blatantly contradicting himself on a timeline. So Bruh, yeah, sense. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, uh, you know, I guess the takeaway here is, okay, this is, this is pretty treasonous. I mean, like you don't have to say, you know, that, that you don't have to get too far into the weeds of like conspiracy theory to say that this is a pretty treasonous act here. Mm-hmm. Is anybody going to pay for it? Are we really going to see, you know, Trump I think it tweeted depends out who wins the election. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's another one of those Hillary quotes. You know, if he gets elected, we're all going to be swinging. I get, I know, but then, but then it just turns into a political leverage point for Trump. You know, oh, you better reelect me so I can arrest them. But he was saying, you know, he's going to arrest Hillary before too. Well, it depends if you believe Q or not. Yeah, but, thousands right. of indictments, thousands, one hundred and seventy thousand indictments. Okay, we're waiting all for right. it. Basil. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Why do you want to break so bad? Okay, because we gotta go soon. I know, I know, I get it. It's break time. Come on, take a break. 
Okay, folks, we're just going to take a really quick break, but do not go anywhere because uh, after the break, we're going to be talking about the FBI's new uh, trophy case where um, (laughs) there was an alleged plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan. And uh, we'll go be going through that. We'll have some FBI talk. Uh, that's always good. And if we still have time, um, we've got some uh, AI COVID stuff and some space updates for the end of the show. Um, but you're going to want to stick around to, to catch up on what the FBI has been up to. But before then, we want to thank some of our new followers and uh, more importantly, most importantly, thank uh, some of our new producers. But first, Gons, let's thank some of our new Twitch followers. Are you ready? Yes, we have new Twitch followers. Yes, just a couple. It's a short list today. Are you ready? Yes, ready. First, I want to thank uh, Messy Goomba. All right. Yeah, I saw Messy Goomba in the chat earlier. Yeah, Messy Goomba's here. Thank you. Then we have uh, Christian Canary Contrarian. Ooh. So, like, think inside the cage that's outside, huh? Oh, I don't know. They're part of the family, whoever they are. (laughs) Uh, Next, we have, oh, this is a good one. Leave Basil alone. (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of that Leave Britney Alone video. You remember that? It was back in uh, YouTube 1.0 days. Yeah. Moving moving on. I would like to thank our new Twitch follower, Bulio. Wow, these are great, easy to pronounce names today. Thank you very much. And last, uh, lastly, but not lastly, uh, producer Martin. Thank you for following us on Twitch. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, all you YouTube folks, I would highly recommend following us on Twitch. Uh, it's good to follow us on multiple platforms because a uh, YouTube has already shown their hand by demonetizing and uh, shadow banning and doing all that sorts of stuff to us. It's just a matter of time before you stop getting notifications for live shows. So far, Twitch has been kind to us. So if you want to make sure you get notifications for shows, uh, go follow us on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash canary cry radio, twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. That'll be in the uh, chat there and turn on notifications follow us it's a good backup okay next it's time to thank some producers what does that mean and if this is your first show let me help explain it and if this is your 100th show uh you can say it along with me here uh, we go on the value for value model what does that mean well uh most content producers like gons and i uh, we are tempted daily to fall into the trap of the advertising model you know the type of model that tons of content producers do they uh collect uh, listeners and audience as if they were cattle to be turned around and sold for their own personal gain. Um, advertising is built into the big data problem and the uh, social dilemma and all those types of things. Uh, advertising really is a form of mind control, which we believe is inherently not a good thing. And uh, it also monetizes people who might not want to be monetized. That's you, our listeners. And so we go off of a model where if you want to be monetized, 
you can be monetized. And if you don't, you don't have to be. It's value for value. We put out the show. We do it three times a week. And we like to think we do a pretty good job. And if you gain any value from what we do, you have the opportunity to put some value back into the system. We can only do it with the help of our producers. And I keep calling them producers because that's exactly what they are. Just like the real world, baby. This ain't no uh, dollhouse. If you help produce, if you help pay for, you become a producer of that piece of media. That's us. You can put us on your LinkedIn. You can put us on your resume. Put our email. We will vouch for you because you really are a producer. It's not just a fun, cute thing. It's a real deal thing. Um, So I am ready to thank some producers. Are you Gonzo? That's a yes, folks. So first of all, the first and easiest place to become a producer of the show is patreon.com slash ccnt. That's patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. And today, Gons, we do have a couple new producers on Patreon. First of all, I want to thank new producer Carter. Thank you, Carter. Thank you, producer Carter. Everybody in the chat, make sure to thank your producers because they are the reason that you get this show right now. And next of all, I want to give a big old thank you to producer Serena. Very generous, very important producer. Thank you, producer Serena. Um, I think think she gets um, executive producer for today. So, yes. Thank you, executive producer Serena. Um, next, we have patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. If you haven't heard, Canary Cry Radio was our original podcast. It's still up. You got to go listen to it. It's an interview show. It's great. Um, but patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. We have a new producer named Christopher. Thank you very much, producer Christopher. It's Christopher. Appreciate you are the it. man. Now. Uh, If you don't like Patreon, that's okay. A lot of people don't like Patreon. We support you. That's why we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a, a great place to become a producer. We've got PayPal options. You can join on a monthly producership. Or if commitment is not your thing, you can uh, come in at any one-time amount that you would like. Gons, who do we have coming in on PayPal? PayPal, we have first off producer Jason coming in. Thank you, producer Jason. Thanks, producer Jason. And a repeat, they just keep repeating. Uh, yeah. Producer Exodus 3 2. Thank you very much, producer Exodus 3 2. Yeah. This, At uh, least second episode in a row. Yeah. And I wonder, again, is there a meaning behind this number, do you think? Um,. We should ask him. I think there is some uh, some some Jewish significance, mm. um, but we sh- we should ask him before we blow up his spot there. Yeah. Um, but yes, very fun. Yeah, a lot of people like to make up their own numbers, not make them up, but use their own numbers. You know, to send us little messages or uh, participate. Um, no thirty three producers today, and no Trump tax producers today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. We need the Trump tax producers. Maybe I mean the Trump tax producership might be uh, 
might be over. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe people are over it. It's that's yesterday's news. So, um, okay. Well, there we go. Thank you to all of our producers, uh, producer Serena, uh, executive producer, Serena, producer Carter, producer, Christopher, producer, Jason, producer, Exodus three, two. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for your treasure. You can also support us or become producers of the show with your talent. And uh, well, before that, I guess we can talk about crypto real briefly. We do mm. accept cryptocurrency. We did not have any crypto gifts as of today's episode, but um, we we ask we ask that if you have talents producing, uh, drawing, music, uh, anything like that, we ask that you contribute to the show in one way or another. And um, equally as important, very important, very important to the show. It provides content. And that's why, you know, that's the more traditional understanding of a producership is mm-hmm. providing some kind of content. And uh, in, in today's episode, we have a couple jingles to play. Ooh. First off, we have a jingle from Martin. This is the quantum computer jingle. Wow. <laughs> Quantum computer. Wow. Very, Very good. good. Thank you, producer Martin. I might have to mix that one with uh, Magoo's quantum computer and make a, a super quantum computer jingle. Mash out of up. It. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this one, I, I am so happy about this one. I know. This brought I've me so much to, joy. <laughs> I've listened to it like a hundred times since uh, producer Mike sent it in it's it's a little bit longer than a jingle but i think it's worth playing yeah Um, i will give a disclaimer if you were triggered by my dinosaur noises i apologize (laughs) explain explain real quick what 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 this is so you know people that don't understand quickly yes quickly become some canary cry news talk deep lore um this was maybe three weeks ago now two or three weeks ago i had been on a jurassic park kick and was practicing my dinosaur noises and i think they're pretty good you know i listened back to the ones on the show and they weren't quite uh what i (laughs) I think what I <laughs> thought they were, <laughs> they were a little different. They sound a little different in my own head, but, uh, but I tried my best and everybody has been very supportive. So thank you. Um, I will just say my dinosaur noises are an obnoxious sound, but uh, to those who love the show, it is a treasured moment in the show. And here you go. Let's just, Let's just play it. What do you say? Yes, this track is called Fun Fact. Fun fact, I believe it was uh, another fun fact. Fun fact, uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I just want at the end for good measure. Yeah. 
That was there producer Mike. Thank you, producer Mike. That is fantastic. Yeah, uh, we'll play that at the end of the show at the Canary Cry mixtape as well. Yeah, and if you do, if you weren't sure what was going on again, that's Basil's Dinosaur Sounds. Uh, looped is in a program like Ableton or some other looping uh, machine, and mm-hmm. you know, rhythmically chopped up. Yeah, some real artistry there by producer Mike. Yeah, very well done. Thank you, producer Mike. <laughs> it will be added to the end of show playlist. And so uh, if you want to hear that again, wait till the end of the show. <laughs> so I can see some, uh, there's some mixed reactions. I would say overall <laughs> positive. Some people very disturbed <laughs> by the, <laughs> by the dinosaur music. Okay. We need a music right. video of people, you know, doing dinosaur moves. Yeah, you know, dinosaur <laughs> dinosaur dance moves. Maybe we can chop up. You know, there was an old song by a group called. Uh, oh man, what was the name of the? There was a. It's a. It's a dinosaur song. I was a little small kid. And I love the song, and it's called like. Uh, uh, man, I wish I remember the name. <laughs> I don't know, the, but <laughs> you're stressing me out on time here, though. Oh, okay. It's it was I'm a group sorry. called Was Not Was. And the song is called Walk the Dinosaur for you 80s kids mm. out there. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, other ways you can support the show with your talent. One art, please. <laughs> your artwork. And we have plenty to share with you today. For those of you watching on the screen, uh, here we go. The first one is by Russell. Russell gave us another. Oh, I think this is the old one. Oh, nope. Maybe this is okay. I'm kind of confused yeah. now. 33 is up. Oh, looks like some got mixed in. That's the old one. I thought, okay, yes, this is the new one. There we go. This is a new one uh, by Russell. He's been giving us the 33 artwork. Ooh, uh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. This one's uh, the number 33 and um, it, it's on the back of the dollar bill with the all seeing eye with sort of um fiery lava. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, tears in it or something. Yeah. So very good. Thank you, Russell. And then mixed, mixed in with sort of the montage of imagery, you've got, uh, uh, what is that? Oh, is yes. That Nimrod, Nimrod over on the left. Yeah. Nimrod. The and then over on the right, we have uh, the Phoenix imagery, it looks like. Yeah. All uh, ancient Sumerian. Yes. Cuneiform. Very good. The yeah. 33 montage collection continues. Yes, very good. Thank you for that. And we also got another one from 88. This one, uh, I got started. This is Basil. I think it's called Swole Agro Basil. <laughs> this one needs to go on a shirt. Canary Swole Radio on the shirt of <laughs> wow. a ripped this must Bird. be the same guy who made the cool, the two cool canaries. Yes. Same yes. style. So it's uh, me as a canary. I've got my uh, big headset and googly eyes on and man, I, I am swole. This is motivating, man. <laughs> I, I'm doing it. I'm making the decision now. I'm going to get swole. I'm going to do it. I've, I've chubbed up a little bit during quarantine and, uh, but you know what? Real bodybuilders will tell you, you got to chub up before you, before you shred up. <laughs> and I have a little uh, thought bubble 
I get steroids when I get strep throat, bro. It's cool. <laughs> okay, this is good. It's a reference. Last show, we were talking about uh, Trump going on steroids. And yes, I mentioned how I get steroids when I get strep throat or something. Uh, they have yet to make me this swole, but uh, I think a little bit of a conversation with my doctor and I can get the right stuff. This'll, You're going to be in be the me. gym. And with this picture in front of you. With an inhaler, yes. A, a steroid inhaler for my respiratory sickness. Your um, uh, trainer's going to say, what are your goals? And you're just going <laughs> to hand him a picture of this. <laughs> well, the joke is, you know, when you get a trainer they and they ask you, I have some trainer buddies, and they uh, they say, whenever I ask somebody what their goal is, they always say Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Mm. And uh, who else says that? Where did I hear that? It's, it's a kind of a known yeah, funny it's a thing. Known thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad Pitt and Fight Club is like everybody, every guy's dream, apparently. Um, but this is mine. This canary <laughs> man, <laughs> super jacked canary man. Oh, that is good. Yeah. We got to get these over to uh, dust for the Canary Cry merch perch. I think we need to send him a bunch of stuff to put on shirts. Yeah. Yeah, get in contact with Dust over there, and we can make yeah. make this happen. Oh, Basil's true love uh, said it looks like Ducktales. That's a great point. It's like me mixed with Ducktales, mis- mixed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. In there his we prime. go. Now we're now we're hybrids. Yeah. yeah. Wow, this is so fun. <laughs> All right, what's next? We got another one from Lekect. Lekect, and, and this one is called. Uh, well, it was labeled less art, more macaroni. Ooh. And uh, wow. Oops. I'm sorry. I made it disappear. Um, and it's a, I believe it's maybe Hulk behind a desk with a a hologram, uh, that's flipped over and it says to, to proceed, proceed, press confirm. And it's connected to the Ark of the covenant and what looks like maybe, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I'm not sure either or something. Lekect, you might need to start sending us some ciphers so we can uh, it's <laughs> fully break down what you got going on here. But it's definitely got some like technocracy uh, mixed with um, ancient, you know, relic uh, type of stuff. You got the the Ark of the Covenant hooked into the computer. Um, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Uh, it's it's good again, stuff. he's meta. He's super He's very meta. meta. Lekect is maybe our most meta artist. Yeah. Thank you, Lekect. Very good. Thank you, Lekect. And what else do we have here? And I think the last one that we have today is by Allie. Ooh, is, I was scared. I didn't see anything come in from Allie. Yeah, this one's from Allie. Uh, the Canary Cry merch perch. Sorry, buddy. It's a merch perch. And uh, <laughs> oh, this is great! Yeah, it was a little collaborative effort with mom, so there's a little uh, computer generated letters. I think, sorry, buddy, yes. it's a merch perch, but uh, it's got Mr. Magoo on there, it's got a canary, a canary cry radio mug, little bobbleheads. I think, it's got of you the, and yeah, I. the Basil and Gons bobbleheads up in the right hand corner. She's got a whole gallery of Mr. Magoo's <laughs> that's art right. that's what it is. that okay. can make it onto shirts and stuff. And a Jay Vela poster looks oh, like. Oh yes. Jay Vela's in there. So wow, this is fun. This again, the recursiveness of the Canary cry art looping in on each other. Yeah. And, and yeah, Jay Vela and Mr. Magoo being featured without actually sending in art. Look at that. 
Ooh, you wow. Know? You still made it on the you list, Jay Vela and Mr. Magoo. Yeah. Very impressive. Very cool. So thank you for that, Allie. What a great day for art. Thank you, Allie. Youngest known producer and very talented artist, Gazelin Bonds, in the chat. Make sure to say thank you and good job. Yes. And uh, we want to thank that night wind for continuing with the timestamps. Really, truly appreciate that. It really helps out. Uh, CanaryCryMerchPerch.com if you want to check out one of our producers who put together a Canary Cry merch store and that supports the, uh, and the I think we figured out the artist, us, and Dust himself. Yeah, so way. it's everything sold at cost, um, but you have the opportunity to tip uh, the webmaster, tip uh, Basil and Gons, that's us, or tip um the artist so yeah it's a good system i think it's a great system yeah love it so perfect perfect check it out canarycrymerchperch.com and last but not least before we go back are you doing the reviews now or at the end of the show i'll do them right now right now we have my reviews to read reviews thank you very much uh well i don't know i can do it at the end what do you think is best i think we just do it now yeah, might as well. All right. So and one really important thing is for everybody to leave ratings and reviews. The easiest way to do it is to search in whatever search bar you want. Apple Podcasts, Canary Cry News Talk. That'll take you to where you need to go. Leave a review. We have no control over the review process. And that is uh, heavily weighted when it comes to uh, the algorithms sharing the show with people who have never heard of it before. So I want to thank everybody for sending in their reviews. First, I'm going to start with Bahan Boy Monet uh, says my source of news. Five stars. All I got to say is keep up the good work. I love the podcast. It's interesting, especially hitting all topics. It's never a dull moment. Yes. Love y'all. Please be safe where you are. And God bless. Thank you very much. Bahan Boy thank Monet. You. Next, we have one from B122406, uh, subject line five stars. Basil and Gons are the best. I'm so happy these podcasts are twice a week. They're three times a week. But, you know, if you catch them twice, that's great, too. Um, it says, I'm so happy these podcasts are twice a week. My 13-year-old watches with me, and I think Basil has inspired his love of Hawaiian shirts. All right. LOL. Yeah, that's right. Get the kids on the Hawaiian shirts early. Thank you very much, B122406. Yeah, Next, you. we have five stars from One Red Eye 420 Uh-oh. Uh, subject line, one, two, Flippy's coming for you. Thought-provoking podcast featuring topics that are entertaining. Inter- Let me start over. Thought-provoking podcast featuring topics that are entertaining, informative, and steeped in humor. Not sure how one steeps a podcast in humor. I think this is a repost. Sounds dangerous considering the amount of electrical and personal computing equipment involved, but I'm certain they make a visine for that. In any event, adding this show to my playlist will not end in regret. Keep up the good work, guys. Note. Uh, no artificially intelligent, lower wage earning robots were harmed or marginalized in the making of this podcast. Okay, you know what I think this is? Uh, they left this uh, review, I think, a month or two ago, but they've added updates. And so ah. it put it to the top of the list. Um, next update, Nephilim update. The jingles for this show make appearances throughout the day in my phone from various members of my family. 
take a break. It's wake up time, blockchain, to name a few. Great. Love the user generated content, lack of unwanted advertising, and the biblical worldview used to elevate current events. Thank you, Basil and Gons, for all of your hard work, your dedication to truth, and for creating a community we all look forward to being a part of every time the notification bell rings. Well, thank you very much for that update. One yeah, red I eye four twenty. Yeah, that means a lot. I uh, uh, one mm-hmm. of the things I enjoy thinking about are like young listeners just annoying their parents with jingles. <laughs> <laughs> not not jingles playing from the show, like, you know, but like mouthing out the jingles, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, eat your broccoli there, Johnny. And and then he says, yeah, put it on the blah, 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 blah blockchain, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. I just love like the that. idea of, <laughs> of that happening. You know, I'm a little confused because I think I read this one before, but it says it came in on the 6th and I've not read reviews on since the sixth so i think there's some sort of updates or something going on messing with my list but i'm going to read through anyways this is from for the remnant remnant uh five stars if you love me guard my commandments was started off as a humble attempt to parse through current events through the lens of biblical prophecy canary cry news talk has grown into so much more join basil and gods as they take you on a walk down an aisle that doesn't exist in that they assist their audience in taking a step back from the left-right paradigm and show the world for what it really is Lest we forget, take heed that no man deceive you was a commandment, not some polite suggestion. Put on the full armor of Yahweh and join us as we do battle against the principality and power of the airwaves. Who knows? Maybe if you stick around long enough, you can learn how to not accidentally marry a Nephilim. Oh man, deep cuts. Very good. Thank you so much for the remnant. All right, almost done here. Uh, Left on the Canary Cry radio page, uh, five stars from the John John. Curse you, Flippy, curse you. Five stars because I didn't go over my data limit listening to these guys. I mean, how could I? Ever since Flippy sold out to the mainstream, cough, shill, cough. They (laughs) haven't performed very many, many interviews with people. It's not like it was the olden days when they would interview people like Josh Peck, Derek Gilbert, and then Josh Peck and Derek Gilbert. And then occasionally everyone's favorite pug lover, Gandalf, Michael Heiser. The show only lets you down because you don't. Uh, pay them enough to produce it shots fired the john john says thank you very much the john john yes we've got a lot of people who missed the original canary cry don't worry we have plans lastly plans we have plans sir d3 yes it's time to wake up he says hey yo wake up and i think that's the cue gons five stars hey yo wake up okay back to the show Wow, there's a little bit of a longer break than Oof. we expected. Yeah. Sorry about that. But we had okay. a lot of great art, a lot of great reviews, and a lot of great uh, everything. So thank you to all the producers, artists, musicians, review leavers, everybody. We can't do the show without you. Okay, Gons, let's get to this story. Uh, and eh, we got a little bit of propaganda. State-sponsored propaganda machinery. That's right. State-sponsored propaganda machinery. This is coming from MSN, but it's a mirror of a USA Today article. And the headline is deeply disturbing. Feds charge extremists in domestic terror plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Create civil war. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've said on the show, I'm actually quite worried about uh, this election and some something akin to a civil war. I think a lot of people are feeling that. Um, but the article reads thusly, 13 members of an anti-government group bent on igniting a civil war are charged in a plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer who the group targeted in a possible commando raid on the state capitol, according to newly unsealed court records. Authorities said Thursday that the Wolverine Watchmen group. Oh, oh my gosh. Why Uh, do they got to be Watchmen, huh? I know. We might as well just mention it now. Watchmen, it kind of triggers us because, of course, biblically, Watchmen, you know, is a something that uh, a lot of fringy people consider themselves to be akin to Ezekiel um, 33 reference to the watchmen on the wall who are, uh, uh, their duty is to inform the people or the King, whoever that, uh, there's people coming towards their fort or their kingdom yeah. and, uh, or enemies coming towards them. And Ezekiel so you have 33, that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just, I was going to say Ezekiel 33 outlines how, if you say nothing and uh, you know so the watchman sees something and says nothing, then the blood is on the watchman's hands. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they do warn the people and the people don't heed, then it's on the people. So it's, right. a, it's a pretty important job the watchmen have there. Yeah. And so, and so yeah. you've got that biblical reference, the watchman, but then you've got the Wolverine reference. Yeah. And in the context of, uh, of militia i mean this is straight from red dawn if anybody remembers that movie where uh, a bunch of teenagers get together and create a a militia against an invading russian force right and they call themselves the wolverines (laughs) so we've got the wolverine watchmen you know what i think it, it actually might have reference to because they're in michigan Michigan Wolverines, University of Michigan, they are the Wolverines. So, oh, 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 yeah, that's probably more reasonable. But yeah. Red Dawn is funnier. Well, um, yeah. double meaning. Okay. Authorities said Thursday that the Wolverine Watchmen group planned on storming either the Capitol or Whitmer's vacation home as part of a broader mission to investigate a civil war. Sorry, instigate a civil war. The FBI and Michigan's attorney general outlined felony domestic terrorism charges against the group's organizers who planned on hurling Molotov cocktails at any police officers who tried to stop the kidnapping, a federal affidavit says. Weird how they mention that, um, because this is a militia, and I'm sure it, they would also shoot guns. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure why specifically pointing out Molotov cocktails, um, except for rhetorically uh, connecting that with the riots. I mean, Molotov cocktails yeah. obviously being the favored weapon of rioters. Um, so I don't know, maybe they're trying to draw a connection between rioters and these militia. I'm not sure. Cause why wouldn't they just say we will shoot though at the police instead of using these weird rigged explosive devices. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, the, 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 the terrorism charges against the group's organizers who planned on hurling Molotov cocktails at any police officers who tried to stop the kidnapping, a federal affidavit said. Members of the group bought weapons, conducted surveillance, and held training and planning meetings, but they were foiled in part, and here's the key, 
because the FBI infiltrated the group with informants, according to a criminal complaint. Six were charged with federal kidnapping offenses, and at least seven face state charges. Let's go a little bit further before we break that down, Guns. Attorney General Dana Nessel referred to the accused as extremists who are hoping to recruit new members by seizing on the moment of civil unrest to wreak havoc on the country. The FBI became aware in early 2020 through social media that a militia group was discussing the violent overthrow of certain governments and law enforcement components and, quote, agreed to take violent action. Again, that put a little pin in that one, agreed to take violent action, according to a sworn affidavit. The organizers of the domestic terror plot talked about murdering tyrants or taking a sitting governor, according to the affidavit. The FBI monitored a meeting June 20th in Grand Rapids. The affidavit says discussions including using 200 men to storm the Capitol building in Lansing, kidnap hostages, including Whitmer and Try and try the governor for treason, according to the affidavit. The group met for field exercises and training this year and conducted surveillance of the governor's vacation home on at least two occasions in late August and September. The affidavit alleges the group purchased an 800,000-volt taser and night goggles for use in the kidnapping plot, according to court records. Members of the plot said they wanted to complete the kidnapping before the election November 3rd, according to the affidavit. Whitmer decried hatred and bigotry from her Capitol office Thursday, saying that President Donald Trump is complicit in what happened because he has not denounced right ring hate groups. Yes, he has. (laughs) I can send you a video, Whitmer. He has denounced white ring right wing hate groups for four years. But okay, I guess you can just lie. Whitmer thanked law enforcement for uncovering the case and said hopefully it will lead to convictions bringing these sick and depraved men to justice. Prosecutors said violence isn't the answer to solving political differences. All of us can disagree about politics, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. I'm going to jump around for time's sake. Oh, yeah, here we go. A couple of these things are important. Um... Charged in the U.S. District Court in the Western District of Michigan are, ah, there's all their names. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to jump to some new info here. About the FBI more than, used Yeah, more than a dozen people from several states met in Dublin, Ohio on June 6th and talked about creating a society that followed the U.S. Bill of Rights. Imagine that in which they could be self-sufficient. After that meeting, the militia group in Michigan was contacted. The FBI used confidential informants as part of the investigation and paid one of them more than $14,000 and another $8,600, according to the affidavit. On July 18th, at a meeting in Ohio that was secretly recorded, Garbin allegedly suggested shooting up the governor's vacation home instead of trying to go to the Capitol in Lansing. Fox, uh, that's one of the men involved, is named Fox, not Fox News. Fox said the best opportunity to abduct Whitmer would be in her personal vacation home or the governor's official summer residence on Mackinac Island. Uh, Fox allegedly described the plans as a snatch and grab. Once kidnapped, Whitmer would be moved to a secure location in Wisconsin for trial, according to the affidavit. Fox suggested they get a real estate agent to help uh, them find the exact location of the vacation home and collect information, yada, yada, yada. Uh, 
Fox suggested recruiting an engineer or information technology expert, a demo guy, and other operators. Jeez. He was really doing a real uh, Nick Cage on this. Um, okay, here's an important detail. A meeting June 20th in the basement of Fox's business in Grand Rapids <clears throat> was accessed, quote, through a trap door hidden under a rug on the main floor. According to the affidavit, Fox collected all of the attendees' cell phones in a box and carried them upstairs to prevent any monitoring. According to the affidavit, but an FBI uh, informant was wearing a hidden recording device. So you have FBI informants in the meeting wearing a recording device. At that meeting, participants discussed plans to attack the Capitol using Molotov cocktails to destroy police. The affidavit alleges, man, how many times does that get said in this whole thing? Plans include planning a bomb uh, by a bridge to divert law enforcement. Uh, then they name a whole bunch more people. Then they say how violence is bad some more. Uh, yeah, there you go. I think that's most of the important details. Now, we've talked about before, and this was sort of elucidated for us um, uh, through the No Agenda guys, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, but they had been tracking for years the FBI cycle. I think mm -hmm. they call it a six-week cycle. And just to review, about every six weeks, the FBI comes out with, oh, we caught another terrorist or we caught, you know, some sad teenager who was going to commit a murder or a school shooting or a bombing or something. And it's kind of like clockwork that this happens. And the theory posed uh, as far as the six week cycle is that, you know, the FBI needs to keep needs to continue uh, the the. Uh, image that they're constantly protecting America um, and they need to keep funding and all sorts of things like that. And when you start reading all these stories that happen every six weeks, they always include the fact that basically they found some unstable person or some unstable group infiltrated the group and then actually steered the group or the person towards committing some acts and actually the fbi will uh will uh provide some tools resources. for the people yeah resources um that the, i mean that there's a lot of discussion about whether this is entrapment or whether this is you know all sorts of weird stuff let me start out by saying if indeed this group was planning on doing this this is not very cool um, and uh, and just uh, so we can get ahead of it, we here denounce all the the violence. white violence and white supremacy and the don't kidnap anybody. And I might sound sarcastic, but we're serious. But also, I can't believe we have to say this, but apparently we do. Um. So yeah. Anyways, there you go, Gun. Sorry to ramble for so long, but what do you no, think? No, no. I mean you pretty much touched on the main points there and entrapment has to be in question, but I'm sure, you know, a lot of times these FBI guys, they try to do a, a decent job of only releasing certain information. If they're wearing wires, yeah, they'll only use parts of clips of what, you know, will shape the narrative to make it seem like, Oh yeah, we didn't lead them on at all. They came up right. with this and we, we were just there to help out. 
But, you know, and that's what this Molotov cocktail thing, just for a quick note. Yeah. They mentioned this Molotov cocktails like three times. It makes me wonder if their informant recommend, like said it in the yeah, meeting so that they could times. quote it. Because yeah. that's also part of this. You know, you get an, a confidential informant to sort of steer these meetings or make suggestions that could then be used against the group. Yeah. Yeah. Leading the witness. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, it's a pattern, not just the no agenda show has seen, but I mean, I I've talked about this multiple times with, um, a, a guy who was a former listener of, or I guess still might be a listener of Canary cry radio mm-hmm. and the face like the sun YouTube channel. And he, uh, from what he was, uh, his ex girlfriend, I think had a son mm-hmm. and the son was, ended up being the guy that was, uh, put in jail recently for plotting to blow up the Oklahoma bridge. Mm-hmm. And his mother pleaded and said, he's mentally unstable and the police basic or the, not the police, but the FBI basically helped him, you know, yeah. get, get a van and explosives right. and all kinds yeah, of stuff he, that he's he incapable of getting on. The his FBI own. does, uh, if not entirely, but they, if not entirely, they are partially responsible for the radicalization of a lot of these people. Right, right. Because that's how they get their man. Um, future yeah. ex-Mrs. Mecca Basil <laughs> <laughs> says in the chat, and I think this is a decent point, a true militia movement would calmly walk into the Capitol and peacefully or peaceably perform citizens' arrest. And I think that is a lot closer to what, you know, tr- these real, mil- the, the actual sort of constitutional militias that's what they do because they know they have the rights to walk in and make a citizen's arrest right and yeah they, they'll probably be armed but that's not against the law in most state capitals um or in many at least and yeah so that's what all this like secret planning sort of you know uh yeah kidnapping revolutionary the yeah that just doesn't seem like something a constitutional militia would be into not that I have a ton of experience, but at least the ones that I read about. Yeah. And if you want to get, you know, really speculative here, it's possible that this was in some way a type of PR move for Governor Whitmer. Yes. And she was not getting, she wasn't really too popular. Uh, and she's, they you know, hate her. Yeah. They hate her. So, <laughs> they I mean, hate her so much. So, how could we gain sympathy from the people, you know, your common citizen in Michigan? Right. Why don't we, why don't Mm, we make it political stunt? Yeah. Make it seem like Mm. they were going to kidnap her and oh, poor governor Whitmer was going to be kidnapped, but you know, thankfully she wasn't. Yeah. And we love her. Yeah. That's always possible, man. I mean, you just don't know with these things. Uh, shout out to new two box in the chat says Canada has no militia. We just sort of do whatever. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know what this sounds like this like and this is a weird thing man and i'm gonna go way out there are you ready to follow me way out there way out there okay disclaimer way out there you take the molotov cocktail comment you take this secretive hiding in basements uh thing you take you know a lot of the sort of larping aspect of this it sounds like Antifa. Like it, <laughs> it sounds, I'm sorry. I like, I'm trying not to be an Antifa alarmist or anything. And look, 
F- FBI agents listening, you're, you whatever, do your thing, man. I'm not here to cause any trouble, but it sounds like Antifa. The Molotov cocktails, the like weird LARPing secret uh, trap door thing. Like I said, the like from what I have read, the constitutional militia people. Their their whole thing is they're working within the rights that the Constitution gives them. They're not about like doing criminal activities and kidnapping people and stuff like that. So maybe this so you're sounds saying... like Antifa posing, or maybe it's just getting reported as right, right. So they yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe when you hear militia, you automatically assume, assume it's right a wing. right wing, yeah. you know, constitutional militia. Yeah. Let me see here. I wonder if they even actually mention right wing in here. I think they do. Or yeah, maybe not in this particular I, article. I, again, I'm I'm like assuming they do, but no, I don't they, actually they know didn't, if I they read didn't it. They didn't say right wing. Boom. It could be Antifa. They're not even saying it's right wing. Yeah. Uh no, they do. Sorry. The right wing hate group. Uh, uh well, why they is say it not showing up in my search? Because then? you need a dash in between, right? Dash wing. Mm, Whitmer mm, decried mm. hate, but this is saying Whitmer decried hatred and bigotry from Capitol Office Thursday, saying the president Donald Trump is complicit with the right wing hate group. Uh, yeah. That's the only time it's, they it's mentioned. Don't, they don't claim that this was a right wing militia. Oh my gosh! You know, wait, but there's another article by AFP here that's. I'm just gonna click on it. Yeah. Michigan plot: U.S. right-wing militias are growing threat. Uh, but do they, they got, say that this militia was a right-wing militia? Look, it very could be true. I don't know. It's not impossible that it would be a right-wing militia. But in this article, they do not call the militia right-wing. All they do is they say that Whitmer didn't. Uh, no, it's they just mentioned Trump. Uh, has not denounced right-wing hate groups, which he has multiple times. Yeah, they have mugshots of the individuals here, nine of them anyway. Do they look like Antifa or do they look like... Uh, <laughs> to be dead honest, right, they look like right a bunch wing. of uh, deep fakes. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Send me a link. Where are you seeing this? Uh, I just clicked on the link below. Mm. I'll uh, throw it in the dock okay. underneath here. Yeah, I'll get it from the doc. It's on the next Anyways, page. this is just weird, man. It's just fishy. The reporting of it is weird. The obsession with Molotov cocktails is weird. They do look like deep fakes. That is weird. They they look like deep fakes meant to look like uh neo Nazis, I yeah. think. Yeah, I don't know. Are these guys all related? They look like they're <laughs> brothers. What the heck? I don't know. <laughs> I wow. don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's shady. The whole thing's shady. And you just never know with these things. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's it's all political staging, you know? They're just trying yeah. to get people. If this is true, if it really was a right wing. Oh, yeah. They say here, U.S. right wing militia is a growing threat. Oh, that's what you mentioned. Totally different article. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. If it's a right wing, if if it's anybody, I don't even care if it's right wing or left wing. It sounds Antifa-ish to me, but maybe these fellows were just out of ideas and they just took the playbooks from Antifa and whoever. Wolverine, Wolverine Watchmen. Sounds like a Antifa trying to invent a right wing militia, honestly. It does. <laughs> it does. I yeah. don't know. 
There you go. I don't know what else there is to say about this. It, it's fishy. There's a lot of different angles. If it's true, I'm glad that it didn't happen because I really don't want a civil war to break out. It's it's clear that this is a psyops. I think it's a Wolverine psyop. Watchmen. <laughs> Wolverine Watchmen. <laughs> All right, um, All right, a couple more quick stories. Well, we won't spend a whole lot of time on it because uh, we're running out of time. But this one is uh, AI COVID. Artificial intelligence. COVID. This was published by unlimitedhangout.com. It's a really good outlet. It's not mainstream, uh, but it's uh, by one of... Uh, one of the one of the best reporters out there, in my opinion, Whitney Webb, she's been doing a really good job of um, reporting on a lot of the technocracy stuff and everything else. And it touches on topics that we covered uh, a while ago, and mm-hmm. just get an update on some of this secretive HHS AI platform to predict U.S. COVID nineteen outbreaks weeks in advance. And it says here, two weeks ago on September 24th, the Department of, Hum- uh, Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, published a solicitation for, a, uh, for the creation of a new, quote, early warning system that would detect and track traces of the coronavirus in community wastewater, compile the data, and conduct predictive analysis in order to, quote, guide reopening the mitigation strategies and also serve as leading indicator for local reemergence events to enable rapid containment. And uh, I reference ourselves as I think we were the ones that uh, reported on that Israeli company that was yeah, checking out the sewage. Yeah, they started it, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was weird because we said, like, it's coming to your neighborhood. And we were sewage all, <laughs> surveillance. They're going to surveil your sewage, and that's how they're going to catch you. Yeah, we were making fun of it. And then, uh, yeah, and then the Department of Human uh, Health and Human Services were like, that's a great idea. Yeah. And they ran with it. We need our check, HHS. The first <laughs> phase of the proposed project would involve testing and reporting from approximately 100 wastewater treatment plants across the United States, covering an estimated 10% of the population. 10% of the population. Uh, HHS, per the solicitation, reserves the option to expand the program to include up to 320 wastewater treatment plants, covering around 30% of the population. The solicitation claimed that wastewater testing would allow HHS officials to predict new COVID-19 cases five to 11 days before an outbreak. Wow. Just uh, from the sewage. Yeah. This is some, uh, what's the minority report type of stuff using sewage. You know what? The new prepper thing, (laughs) the new prepper uh, (laughs) anti-government thing is you got to get a septic tank, man. Either that or anytime you use the potty, you got to, you got to de bleach whatever. it. De- yeah, you got to <laughs> bleach- throw some bleach in with the toilet water and that's how you'll cover your tracks. Yeah. That would be hilarious if all these HHS people are looking at the data and they're like, man, there's a lot of people just pooping and peeing bleach. Yep. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> man. There's going to be a bleach epidemic. <laughs> they need to stop drinking bleach. You got to stop <laughs> listening to the president. The- <laughs> <laughs> the initiative appears to be an expansion of a new public health tool announced last month by HHS and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, 
called the National Wastewater Surveillance System. This tool was originally intended to, quote, help public health officials to better understand the extent of COVID-19 infections in communities. Yeah. Per the recent HHS solicitation, however, the wastewater surveillance system will now be used to predict outbreaks before they occur and to guide rapid containment efforts in at-risk communities. Uh, a couple more paragraphs here. At the core of this new early warning system based on wastewater surveillance is a secretive data platform that HHS launched earlier this year called HHS Protect. Okay. HHS <laughs> describes Protect as, quote, a secure platform for authentication, amalgamation, and sharing of healthcare information. Oh, great. That, We're going to yeah. share the sewage data now. Yeah, that combines, quote, more than 200 disparate, da- disparate data sources from federal, state, and local governments, as well as the private healthcare industry. I do want to get ahead of this, Gons. Uh, don't put bleach down your toilet, especially... No. <laughs> oh, Especially if you do have really a septic have to say tank. That? I think oh, yeah, we septic do. Tank for sure. Yeah, but. you can really cause some explosions and it'll <laughs> destroy your septic tank. And it's also bad for the fish. Don't put bleach, don't put bleach <laughs> in your toilet. At least not a lot of it. So what, what's going on when I'm like cleaning out my toilet then? With the brush and the thing that turns blue? and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but don't use bleach. Okay. <laughs> HHS Protect is... Largely built from software obtained from the controversial data mining company Palantir, mentioned Palantir before, whose creation was funded by Silicon Valley billionaire Peter Thiel, yeah, the co-founder of PayPal, and the CIA's InQtel. Mm-hmm. In addition, Palantir's only client during its early years from 2005 to 2008 was the CIA. And the agency offered guidance for the development of Palantir's products, including those that the HHS Protect system is based on. Palantir is currently a major contractor to all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies, including the CIA, as well as the Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. military, and numerous other federal agencies. So there you go. Now the CIA through Palantir is uh, behind or at least assisting in the Department of uh, Health and Homeland uh, and, and Health and Human Services. Uh, yeah, so the CIA track. is snooping around your sewage. Yep, CIA. It, I, I, we we warned you. Tried we to tell you. We called it. We you tried got the to tell you. Jingle. Yeah. Uh, I do have it somewhere here. What was the jingle? Somebody recommended we need to put out a call for a jingle for Twenty Fifth Amendment. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. the next call. So yeah. we're go- there's going to be a lot of 25th Amendment talk in the next month or two. So jingle makers, get on it. Thank yeah, you. And this is, uh, this is what I was trying to find here. Called it. Because we totally called this one. You thought yeah. I was joking around reporting on all the sewage surveillance stuff. And here we are. The CIA is now involved. That's right. The, um, toilet, the toilet flush uh, sound effect was not for nothing. Nah, yeah, we were on it. We were on it way before anybody. Uh, Yeah, so Whitney Webb goes into more detail here in a lot of things, and uh, it's a good article, so do check it out. Uh, Smart Sewers, Biobot and Smart Sewers, and another part about the biosurveillance state. This is all leading up to that end of really just It fits in perfectly. Yeah, it really was a missing piece of the whole technocratic surveillance panopticon that we've yeah. been talking about. 
And it's not surprising that it was one of the last pieces because who's thinking about sewage surveillance? Right. We saw it coming. We saw it coming. Um, (laughs) I'm very interested in this chlorine thing now. Michael on the YouTube says, uh, when you mix bleach with ammonia, which is a main ingredient in urine, you create the base chemical of mustard gas, (laughs) phosgene. (laughs) So if you put too much bleach in your toilet, you're going to get the sewers filled with mustard gas. Hey. Yeah. Don't. Don't. (laughs) America has been overtaken by mustard. (laughs) And then we'll all say, all you need is a mustard seed of faith. Oh, my gosh. Mm. <laughs> all right, let's do this last one quickly. and the then, FBI uh, to your house. Oh, mine. gosh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, this one I thought was very interesting because, uh, you know, amidst all the chaos politically and everything else, we had this uh, update, not just about space, but our, the, our entire existence. Space, 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 space. This is independent.co.uk. Another universe existed before ours, and energy oh. from it is coming out of black holes, said Nobel Peace winner. Nobel. If you say so, science. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, actually, I think this was supposed to be a. Science is truth. Uh, this is Sir Roger Penrose, also claims that another universe will exist after this one. Uh, there was an earlier universe before the Big Bang, and evidence for its existence can still be observed in black holes, a Nobel Prize-winning physicist has said. Sir Roger Penrose made the claim after recently winning the award for breakthroughs in Einstein's general theory of relativity, relativity and proof of the existence of black holes. Sir Roger argues that the existence of unexplained spots of electromagnetic radiation in the sky, known as Hawking Points, are remnants of the previous universe. It is part of the conformal cyclic cosmology theory of the universe, and it is suggested that these points are the final expulsion of energy called Hawking radiation transferred by black holes from other or from older universes. <sighs> Goes yeah, into okay. some stuff here, but you know, say so. I was gonna say, I mean, I Really, like regular science, like regular this type why, of cosmology. Why would it be an older universe and not just like some other dimension in the multiverse? Well, no, I mean, why any of it is anything? Like all, all this, uh, uh, what I mean, <laughs> what I mean is like why all this cosmology. Is any of it, anything. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. All these cosmological theories are. It, it's like more science fiction than anything. You know, mm-hmm. this, this isn't yeah. like actual science in which the, a lot of you know we like it we like a lot of the science fiction but yeah i think there's so much other stuff going on it's hard to get excited about it and they call it theoretical physics you know because it's a lot yeah. of this theory they don't have like real <laughs> i mean i don't know the whole idea and it it just uh the whole idea is to take god out of the picture and sure. you know it wasn't i mean but realistically if you're thinking about it critically the question still remains, you know, who created the last universe, you know, uh, it's the one step argument like, Oh, you can flip it around. But you know, to me, it's like, it was a good headline. It was like, Oh really? What's the, the evidence? Black holes, (laughs) black Black holes holes are your evidence. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Another theory. 
So Okay. Well, you know, maybe that's where Bigfoot comes from. So what are you going to say about holes? that? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if they're able to go <laughs> well, through black yeah. holes, they're, they're, they must be huge. You know? Why is any of it anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Sounds good. Should we wrap up? Let's, I do want to say, I want to give a shout out to producer Mark. Uh, I, I'm looking in the email. He did send us some art that didn't make it on today's show. Oh. So we'll put that on Wednesday's show. Sorry we missed it. Um, but that's great. We got a head start on uh, Monday's show. And keep that in mind, folks, because that's right. We will be back on Monday, the 12th of October. So set your alarms, put it on your schedules. Uh, Monday the 12th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Pacific Standard Time. Uh, oh, sma- yes. Yeah. It was so make sure sense. to... <laughs> it was a good one, too. <laughs> having, it- I know you're having a moment over there. It's I'm good. It's okay. Sorry, we'll get it on you. the next show. Uh, on Monday the 12th, make sure to tune in. Make sure to turn on notifications. Um, yada, yada, yada. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Very important that you do that really weird uh the numbers eventually got up to kind of normal today but yeah notifications really went out late i saw a lot of people coming in complaining that they got their notification like an hour late or something um so there you go follow us on multiple places turn on notifications uh it remember we need producers for monday's show uh i was looking here sometimes we get people coming in during the show nobody today though so we'll need uh producers for monday remember to head to patreon.com slash ccnt it's patreon.com slash ccnt become a producer we're on the value for value model as i always say uh becoming a producer of this show is not just helping us out not just helping everybody else out who wants the show to happen but it's in Investing in your own media future is breaking away from the mind control of uh, advertising um, that are just trying to get guys like Gons and I to consider you cattle to be loaded up and shipped off to some corporation so we can make a buck. And that's not the right way to do it. We're leading the rebellion against advertising and we need uh, you guys to hop on that with us. So please consider now is your time. Now is your moment. Look inside, listen to the spirit. If you have been thinking about becoming a producer, please consider it for Monday's show. Uh, Patreon.com slash CCNT. Or if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We got CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. Dot com slash support. That's right. Shout out to uh, Yeshua in YouTube chat says, I'll become a producer, Basil. All right. I'm, I'll be keeping an eye out for you. We'll give you a shout out on Monday. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Now, remember your time, your talents and your treasures. So those of you who are talented producers will need art We'll need jingles. We'll uh, we got a, a 25th Amendment jingle uh, needed for future episodes. Um, art, music. If you want to make a, a the dinosaur song <laughs> from producer Mike, was it Mike or Mark? I forget which one. I think it was Hold Mike. on, we got to give credit. What Mike. was it? Mike. Mike. Producer Mike with the uh, the dinosaur song. Thank you very much. And if you are someone out there who knows their way around uh, 
a musical instrument or some software. Send all of that, all of your talents to canarycryradio at gmail.com. That's canarycryradio at gmail.com. Easy to remember, easy to use. Thank you very much. And remember, next Friday, I'll be reading more reviews. Not only is it important, it tells the algorithms to share the show with people uh, that might not normally see it. Uh, We have no control over that process. It's all you. Again, it's, you know, a lot of, I feel like when I listen to a lot of other podcasts, there's this feeling of like, we are the podcasters and we are responsible for the success of this brilliant podcast. (laughs) And they don't really give their people the credit. I mean, if it wasn't for the Canary Cry family, the show would be nothing. So, uh, if if you can become a producer, you can create uh, content for the show, or you can leave a rating and review, or even better, and leaving a rating and a review, very important. Gons and I read all of them, makes us feel very good, and uh, it becomes content for the show. So thank you very much. Now, remember to post an episode or a show or something on your social media. Spread the word. But most importantly, you got friends, you got family. They're all starting to wake up to the fact that the world is not what it seems. They've been told over and 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 over again that Trump has not denounced white supremacy. And a simple Google search can explode their world and show them <laughs> that they've been lied to over and over and over and over and over. And uh, if they need more, just share this episode. Send an episode of Canary Cry News Talk to a friend or family member who is on in that process. We'll be happy to gently guide them down the narrow path of truth or at least looking for truth. Like really looking for it because that's hard enough to find these days. Um, So there you go. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to him, you grab him by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah. And remember, if you listen to this show, you knew about the sewage surveillance months ago before anybody else. We called it. It's here. Um, And that's just one of the many advantages of listening to canary cry news talk remember that thank you very much all right everybody remember we'll be back on monday the 12th between noon and 3 p.m pacific standard time please consider becoming a producer of the show we can't do it without you thanks for listening to this episode of canary cry news talk gons any last words no have a good weekend everybody there you go thanks for listening as I lobotomize my brain. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk, everybody. Make sure to tune in next time. But until you do, think outside the cage. Rattle her cage a little bit more. Hallelujah. Son of a beastie. Canaries in a cage.
wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days.
future humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on